Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. for the children. You can come up here too. We have adults that work with our children uh, week by week. We have people in the nursery uh, taking care of our babies. And I just encourage you when you're in the nursery, when you're holding a baby, you're holding uh, one of the most precious things in the universe. That is an eternal spirit. Amen. That is an eternal spirit. Your house will fall down. Your car will die and Bo will try to fix it. But it will still die. But these eternal spirits, a hundred years from now, will be somewhere. The Bible teaches there is a heaven. There is a hell. But God wants, and, and a lot of preachers preach, you need to get saved so you won't go to hell. You need to get saved so you go to heaven. Well, that's true. But you need to get saved if there wasn't a heaven and a hell. God made you to be his friend. He wants to be your friend. And there can't be a better friend, can there? Today, you may be here, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how long you've been uh, going along, God may speak to you and tell you today, you're not really one of my children. Jesus said an alarming thing. He said, many will be at the gate of heaven. Hi, Jesus. Yes. Well, uh, I'm here. And? Well, I, I, I want to go in. Well, why would you think that you're coming in here? Well, I cast out demons in your name. Oh, my name's strong. Demons will go. Well, I healed people in your name. Oh, my name's strong. I am the healer, the great physician. People get healed. It was my name, not you. I worked in spite of you. I never knew you. I was never friends with you. Leave me, you workers of iniquity. Now, I tell you, you can flunk math and go to heaven, but you can't flunk gates of heaven and go to heaven. I don't know how you think you're right with God, but if it's any other way than besides faith in Jesus Christ, a living, active, ongoing faith, you better listen real carefully today. All right. Uh, I... Eric has been doing just a great job preaching the last few weeks. Good. He's been talking to us about the church. Not the building, the church, the brothers and sisters in Christ as a bride. Whoo! You know, uh, he he said this, uh, uh, that in, in our culture, we really, really go all out for the bride. But in this picture, the bride says, you mean you would have me? We go all out for the bridegroom. There's one yes, two yes. We go all out for the bridegroom. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. Yes, good job. Thank you. On the front row there. The bride. We're a building. We're blocks put together. People who say, well, I can just sit at home, watch uh, Charles Stanley and, and uh, other good people, and, and, and I'm fine. I'm the church at my house. No, you're not. 
you're a block out of the building and the building uh, can collapse if it doesn't have its blocks in it. The body cannot work if my hand decides to go on strike today. It just really messes me up. If my leg decides it doesn't want to work, that's going to be tough. You are part of a body. And next week we're going to talk about that. Talk about the, 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 the body of Christ, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're a bride. We're a building. We're a body. We're a team. And all of us have parts in, in our team. Uh, we're an army. We're different platoons. There's the platoon here at Covenant Community, the platoon at First Baptist, and at Carter K, and Pleasant Grove. All of us part, but we're all part of a great army, and every one is important. Uh, we are, God says in another place, we're his field, and out of that are supposed to come crops. But today, I want to talk to you about being in Christ. Have you received a new nature? Are you a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done? This cross is an empty cross. There's spikes up there. But it's an empty cross because Jesus died. And as we just sang, hallelujah, he rose again. We have a new nature in Christ. What is our problem? Our problem is sin. Everybody say sin. Now, now, sin has almost become a sort of benign word, uh, not too serious in our culture. Sin, everybody sins. Uh, but to God, sin is very, very important. I, I was looking this week on a lot of sites talking to children about salvation, and they talked about sins, sins, sins. Where do sins come from? No. He deals with them. Jesus deals with the sins. But the devil got it started, but they come out of what kind of a heart? A sinful heart. A heart that is away from God. A heart that is like this. Now, you know, in the beginning, God made a man and a woman. What was the man's name? Oh, help me out. Come on. We don't have to start there, do we? Adam, yes, Adam and Eve, not Steve, Adam and Eve, all right? There was Adam and there was Eve, and they were friends with God. Every day God came down, talked to them, and they told him about the zebras, and they told him about the hummingbirds, and God told them, I want you to be in charge of all of the animals of the whole world and all of the plants, and I think the animals could talk back then. I think that Adam was not just barely out of the tree monkey. He was the most advanced human being there was. Highly intelligent, able to communicate, understand. And God came down, talked to him every day. And he talked with uh, Eve every day. And the, listen, listen to this carefully. Listen. I've said this in a lot of marriage counseling, but let me just let, get this clearly into your God told Adam, it's not good for you to, loan, to be alone. You need a helper. Everybody say helper. Why does the perfect man made by God himself, no sin in the world, talking with God every day, need help? Because God made him to need help. So ladies, when you say you're, if it was a 
for me. Hit me, son. Thank God. God made him that way. He needs you and you need him. And together, if we're both humble before God, we're going to have a wonderful time together. And in the body of Christ, listen, I'm going to talk about the gifts next week. I'm glad. I mean, I called Eric uh, yesterday or the day before and, and was talking to him. So he just said, well, let's do. And he just organized it all in five minutes. Well, I didn't get mad and tear up the paper and chew it and eat it. No, I just said, praise God. I got a good helper there. And we work together. Amen. Ah, it's so wonderful to have different gifts in the body of Christ to need each other. And autumn, I'm glad all the leaves aren't red. I'm glad they're not all yellow. I'm glad there's all kinds of them. And it makes a beautiful, beautiful tapestry. God made Adam. And he needed Eve. And he made Eve. And they were very different. And the difference is good. Don't try to all be the same. Men are not women and women are not men. It is a glorious difference that God created. But there's a problem. Adam and Eve were just minding their own business. And God told them there's one tree not to eat of. And what was the name of that tree? The tree of the... The knowledge, good job, the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you can eat from the pear tree. You can eat from the apple tree. You can eat from the guava tree. You can eat grapes. You can eat mulberries. You can eat huckleberries. You can eat gooseberries. You can eat them all, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat of it, you will die. You will die. Who? Well, Eve said, who? Well, then it'd be better just not even touch that bush. Not even, let, let's stay back here. But one day, Eve was looking at it, and she said, wow, what a pretty fruit. And suddenly beside her was the most cunning, the Bible says this, the most cunning, smart animal God had made. And what was that animal's name? Serpent. Serpent. Snake. Everybody say, snake. How many of you have been close to a snake before? How did you feel? Ah, uh, I tell you, they are scary, aren't they? And I mean, there's certain kinds of snake, they, they're beautiful, but they bite you, you're dead in just a few minutes. In Africa, we had a black mamba, and a black mamba can get up to 12 feet long, and it can go as fast as a racehorse on the ground, and if it bites you, you're dead in 10 to 12 minutes if you're good and healthy. And it's a terrible death. They, they're full of deadly poison. But when God made the serpent, we don't know how it got around, but it didn't get around on its belly. It was getting around a different way. And Eve was looking at the tree, and she heard, it's pretty, isn't it? Eve said, yes. Said, did God tell you you couldn't eat from any of the, the, the trees in the garden? Oh, no, no, no. God just said we, couldn't eat of, uh, we could eat from everything except this one. We shouldn't Eat from it or touch it. Now, God didn't say don't touch it, but that's pretty smart. If you're not supposed to eat it, don't touch it, okay? You don't, it's like a fish licking the worm in the lake on the hook, you know, just <laughs> stay clear, all right? So, he said, don't do that, but, or we'll die. And Satan said, you won't die. And he tells you that. Don't worry about what God said. That won't happen. And so, Eve said, Really? Well, why do you say that? Because he knows you'll be as smart as him. He knows that you won't even need him anymore. And he wants you to need him. So he was what? Say that loud. He was lying. He was lying. Everybody say lying. 
That's what he was doing. He was a, he is a, as we say in North Georgia, a lar. <laughs> but you know what the Bible says? The Bible says Satan, when he comes, he comes sometimes like an angel of light. Sometimes he seems like he's the prettiest and he calls himself such nice names. Now, Satan used to be the leader of the choirs of heaven. God made him that way. Beautiful, smart, powerful. But he decided one day, I want to get rid of God. I want them to worship me. And he talked to some other angels. And a bunch of them said, no, you silly thing. We were made to worship God, not made to worship you. But some of them said, really? Yes, yes, I'll give you. And he deceived them, a third of the angels. And when God let everybody make a decision, he waited. Then he threw Satan out of heaven, threw those angels out, and they became twisted spirits in my understanding of the Bible. That's where evil spirits come from. And they became twisted spirits, and they're angry at God and fighting God. And the best way that they can hurt God is to do what? Hurt people. Because God loves people. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Yes. Now, Satan told Eve, he said, you don't need to worry about that. Just take a bite of that. You'll be smart as God. And Eve said, oh, really? Wow. And she took it. She looked at it said, it is pretty. And it's going to make me so smart. And she took a big bite of it. And it tasted so good. But oh, trouble came into her life. And that's not quite bad enough. I want it worse than that. That's how she looked. Instantly. Now, every day they used to meet with God. Every day, the glory of God shone from them. Now, the Bible doesn't say this, but when Moses met with God face to face, he shone like that. When Jesus was in the presence of God on the Mount of Transfiguration, he shone with great brightness. And I think maybe every day as they met with God, they were covered with a glory. And as soon as Eve ate that, boom, the glory dropped away from her. She looked up and says, ah! You know, she covered up and says, I'm, I'm, I'm naked. And Adam says, what is wrong with you? But Adam was not fooled. The Bible says, now we like to tell the women it's their fault, but the Bible says it's whose fault? Adam. Adam did the same thing. Adam listened to Satan and he looked at the woman. He said, she's done that. I'm going to do it. He wasn't deceived. And when he took that, Boom. It came into him and he was filled with a darkness. His spirit died and became antagonistic to God. His spirit, when he, before when he heard God coming, he said, oh, goody, here comes God. But now uh, he said, we, we need to hide because we're, we're what? We're naked. And we need to cover up. And they, how did they cover up the first time? Do you remember? Leaves. Man, you're on it today. Yes. They put leaves on them. And they tried to cover up with leaves. Now, how long will leaves last? Not very, Not very long. And if they're poison oak, you're really in trouble. All right. So they, they uh, covered up with leaves. And then they heard God's voice coming. That used to be when they heard God coming. Adam would say, hey, Eve, here comes God. Let's tell him what happened today. Man, that aardvark is a weird animal. He is so, and and they, they would talk with God. But today, when they heard God's voice, what did they do? 
They ran and hid. That's right. They ran and hid. And they were over here. Now, when you're hiding from God, does that do any good? He, he can see everywhere. He can even see what's in your heart, can't he? But they hid there. And finally, God says, Adam, Adam, where are you? Now, look at that. God came after them. God knew what they'd done. God loved them. And he came looking for And, and Adam says, well, well, well uh, I, I uh, heard your voice and I was scared of you because I'm naked. God said, oh, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of that? Did you eat of that fruit I told you not to eat? That woman you gave me. What's her name? Eve. Eve. She gave it to me. If you hadn't brought her into this picture, we'd be fine. So he's really blaming God, isn't he? Oh, we like to do that. You know what we do when we sin? The first thing we do is run and then we cover up. And then when we get found out, what do we do? She did it. He did it. It's their fault. We don't like to say, it's my fault. So here's Adam. He brought sin into the world. Now, Adam and Eve, they had lots of kids. But the first one they had, what was his name? You all know? Adam and Eve got together and they went out and raised? Cain is right. Yes. You all will get it in a minute. So here's a little bit of Adam. Here's a little bit of Eve. And we've got Cain. Then they had another boy. What was his name? Say it loud. Abel, that's right, that's right. So they had another boy. His name was Abel. So here's a little bit of Adam, a little bit of Eve. And we've got Abel. And both of them are born with what in their hearts? Sin in their hearts. Independence from God in their heart. And all of us ever since then, we're all born, infected. We're all like this with that darkness in our heart, that part that... Sort of says, just, 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 just get away from me, God. I want all the stuff you've got, but, but leave me alone. I want to do what I want to do. It's me, me, me. Everybody say, me, me, me. me, me, me. But it really should be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God said, you can't be happy if I'm not at the center of your life. You can't uh, have anything that I want for you if I'm not at the center of your life today. Let me ask you. Is Jesus at the center of your life? Some of you may be saying, oh, I've been going to church all the time. I know all this stuff. Do you? You ought to be thrilled then. You were headed to destruction. Now you're on the path of life. You were doomed and helpless and hopeless. But now in Jesus Christ, you have been welcomed not just as a slave and a servant, but as the what of Christ? The bride of Christ, loved by him with a love beyond our comprehension. So here we have. Now, Cain and Abel heard from their mom and daddy, you got a problem. And they, Abel brought a sacrifice. He had lambs and sheep, and he brought a blood sacrifice, and he worshiped God. And his heart was humble before God. He said, I've sinned, and God, I want to be friends with you. God, please help me. And even though Jesus hadn't come yet, the blood of that sheep, the blood of the, the lambs, looked forward to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sin of the world. Who's that? Everybody say Jesus. Yeah. John the Baptist looked at Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, the one God has provided to take away the sin of the world. Listen to me. Jesus was God come in the flesh. 
Oh, come on. Say word. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Jesus was God come in the flesh. We're going to read in just a second. If you don't confess that Jesus is God come in the flesh, that spirit is not from God. It is an evil spirit that is in you working in your head and your mind. If you deny that Jesus is God come in the flesh. Some people say, yeah, Jesus came, but he was just a spirit. Some people say, Jesus came, he's just a good man. No, Jesus was God, come in the flesh, sent by God, lived a perfect life. And because he was God, he's worth more than all of us. And because he was a man, he could die for you and you and you and you and me. And so Abel offered a sacrifice. Cain said, I'm not doing that. That's silly. So Abel offered a sacrifice. Wow, look at that. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does what? Cleanses, cleanses us from all sin. Everybody say that. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Don't raise your hand. How many here have lied? Don't raise your hand. How many here have stolen? How many here have wished that you could steal, but you're afraid you'd get caught? How many people have been disobedient to your parents, disrespectful to God, disrespectful to others? How many? Ha the Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned into our own way, but the Lord laid on Jesus. This says Jesus, the iniquity of us all. All that. Now Cain, he got so mad at Abel, what did he do to him? Killed him. But he was God's child, obeying God. And through looking forward, he didn't understand about Jesus, but he looked forward and obeyed God. He was credited with what Jesus would do. Look what happens when Adam's sin is poured there. Look what happens when Eve's Sin is poured there. Look what happens that if Cain wanted to. Look what would happen to his sin poured there. It would go away. Today you have a choice. Abel said yes. I want to be right with God through faith with what he understood of Jesus. Cain said no. I don't want to do that. And he ended up murdering his brother Abel. And Abel's spirit went to be uh, in, in uh, Sheol, the place that we call uh, paradise, where all the spirits of righteous people like Moses, Abraham, and all of them went. But Cain, when he died, his spirit went into Sheol, to the place where evil spirits that are rejecting God go, a place called hell so the snake bit us and it causes us to have sin in our hearts separation from God disobedience arguing disrespectful cheating stealing hypocrites trying to deceive people our spirit is dead to God but God wants it to be alive now how many of you have seen a pig what do pigs love to do Oh, they love to get in the mud. They get down in the mud and they just stick their nose up and their ears up. 
And they're there. They love the mud. And even though it's stinky and dirty and there's flies everywhere, what do the pigs say? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So you can get a pig and you can take him out and say, Now, piggy, piggy, that is nasty the way you're doing that. Yes, see, isn't he pretty? A face only a mother could love. So there is the piggy. And he is wallowing in the mud. Now I can take him out and I can clean him up and I can tell him, hey, piggy, 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 you stink like that. This is, this is bad. You need to be a clean pig. And he can say, okay, I'm going to be a better pig. I'm going to be a nice pig. I'm going to be a clean pig. But if it's a hot day and I go to Dalton, where will that pig go if there's a big mud puddle there? Into the mud. Now, when he hears me coming, he'll say, oh, here comes Steve. He told me to stay out of the mud, and I'm in the mud. Now, what am I going to do? And his ears will hang down, and he'll, his tail will hang down, and he'll say, ooh. I'll say, pig, what are you doing in there? I thought we agreed you'd stay out of there. Oh, I know, I know. Those other people made me. These other piggies got me in here. They talked me into it. They said, oink, come get in the mud with me, and I'm in here. If you just clean me up, if you just clean me up, I'll do better. I'll do better. You take him out. You clean him, hose him down, put a little ring in his nose, put a little bow in his tail. Can he stay out of the mud? Why? He's got a pig nature. He loves to be in the mud. And the only reason that he's sad is when he sees me coming. But imagine, imagine that I could take the pig nature out of him and put a cat nature in him. How many of you have ever tried to bathe a cat? This is an exciting venture. I read one little thing said the best way to do it is get the cat, go ahead and put your soap in the commode, lift the lid, walk with the cat gently towards the commode, then in a deft move, put him in, put the lid down, stand on the lid. You don't have to do anything, he will self-agitate. Make sure the door to the outside is open, the door to the bathroom is open. Flush twice to rinse. Then stand back, lift the lid. Shoom! He's outside. Never mind the sound he was making. Never mind the sound he was making. He is happy. Signed, the dog. <laughs> yes. So, so the new nature is... When, if you, if you can take the cat nature and put it in a pig, if the other pigs say, oink, get in the mud with us again, will he like it there? No, cats don't like that. He would say, no, you know, I used to like that, but I, I'm changed. Something's changed inside me. I look like a pig, but I don't feel like a pig anymore. I want to be different. That's what it's like when you give your life to Jesus. You say, Jesus, I can't change myself. I've tried to do better. I've tried, but Jesus, will you please come into my life? I want to put faith that you died on the cross for my sins. You rose again from the dead for my sins. And you said that if I would put my faith in you, you would give me a new nature and you would send your spirit, the Holy Spirit to live in me, to help me to live for you. John 14, 6. Does somebody know that verse? I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Thank you, Lily. And Emily helped her there. This is good. Hide the word of God in your heart. That is the truth for us to know. I am the way, Jesus said. The way, not a way. 
I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Adam and Eve couldn't change themselves. Cain couldn't change himself. Abel can't change himself. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, then God comes in and justifies us, made us just as if we'd never sinned. I don't know if you've ever given your life to Jesus. When I was seven years old, the preacher preached, and I went home, and I was thinking about it, and I went into my mom and daddy and said, Mom and Dad, I want to give my life to Jesus. Now, I was just seven. But I knew that the Bible said I had a deadly disease in my heart. That disease is what? Sin. That makes me disobey God. Makes me. Uh, and, and, and I needed to have my sins dealt with. So what I did. Listen. Listen. I put my faith in Jesus. I knelt down by the bed. I remember where my mom and daddy's uh, bed was in that room in Africa. And I said, dear Jesus. I know that your word says I'm a sinner. But you said that if I would ask Jesus to come and be the boss of my life, ask him to be the master of my life, ask him to be my king, if I would ask him to come inside me, that he would send his spirit into me, the Holy Spirit, and you would help me to live for you, to love you, and to walk with you. Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my boss. I don't want to be the boss of my life anymore. I want to be pleasing to you. Please come into my life. Please take me to be a child of God the Father. And I put my faith in you. Not in my goodness. Not because my mom and dad are your missionaries. Not because I'm trying to be good. I put my faith in you, Jesus. And your spirit will give me a new nature. And you'll help me to want to please God. To walk in his way. And you know, I began to love the word of God. I began to love God's ways. I began to love uh, doing what he wanted. Now, did I fail? Yes. Did I do things wrong sometimes? Yes. But I... Learn to love God's ways. Now, let me give you three definitions of sin. Romans 14, 23 says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Some people say, well, I haven't sinned. I haven't done anything bad. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't stolen anything. The Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. When you are not walking humbly with God, trusting in him, wanting to do what he's, then that is sin, right? So whatever is not of faith is sin. Say that with me. Whatever is not of faith is sin. And then the second thing is, it says, to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it is sin. That is in James. It says, to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's sin. How many of you do everything good that you know to do? So we're all convicted of sin. And then 1 John says that lawlessness is sin. Whenever I do what I want to do, don't care what God says, that is sin. You still with me? So... John 14, 6 says that I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Let me just tell you these things real quick. First John, are you still with me? How many of you like to take tests? You like to take tests. I can believe it because you know all the answers. That's People like you messed up the curve in my class. <laughs> That's good when you know the answers. You like to take tests too? Well, I'm going to get you a test. We're all going to take a test today. Are you ready? The Bible says, test yourself to see if you're really a child of God. It says, make your calling. Make sure that you're in the family of God. Make sure that you are a child of God through faith in Jesus. 1 John chapter 1 says, uh, 
Verse 3, we proclaim to you, um, that's all right, we, we proclaim to you, verse 3, that we, what ourselves actually have seen and heard, so that you can have fellowship with us, John said. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing this so you can fully share our joy. This is the message we've heard from Jesus and tell you now, God is light and there's no darkness in Him at all. So we're lying if we say that we have fellowship with God and still go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we live in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So you see, even though your mom and daddy had you, and you're born with a heart that wants to be independent from God, a heart that wants to go that way, when you ask Jesus into your heart, I did that. When I asked Jesus Christ to come in to my heart, to be the boss of my life, to be the king of my life, then... The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses me from all sin. And when you, you have a choice. Have you ever given your life to Jesus? Have you asked Him to be the boss of your life? Some of you are nodding. Some of you are saying, well, I don't know. Today, you can be sure. This could be you. You can say, Jesus, please come into my life. Please wash away my sins. Please forgive me. There may be times that you may be due a, a, a little sin, but you are a child of God through faith in Jesus. Listen, now when you sin, you can, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the blood of Jesus keeps on uh, helping us. First, where did my testament go? 1 John says, if you are a child of God, let me just read you these things. 1 John says that if you're a child of God, you will walk in the light. How many of you have been in a dark, dark night? Any of you ever been up to the Lost Sea up in Tennessee? The Lost Sea? It is so dark. When you go in there, you can't see anything. You can hold your hand like that. You can't see. If, if I'm in there and I say, there's snakes in here. And I have the light. Would you just say, well, you just go on over there. I, I don't need you. No, you say, I want to be with you where the light is, where I can see anything that's coming and I can hit it on the head if it gets close to me. Jesus said, if you walk with me, I am the light of the world. You are walking in the light. If you say you're walking with me, but you're going the other way and you're walking in darkness, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Chapter 2 says that if you're a child of God, so the first test is, are you walking in the light? The second one is, do you love the brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you love your fellow Christians? You know, when I was 13, I began to wonder, am I really a Christian? Did I just do that because my mom and daddy wanted me to? Did I just do that? And then I began to look at my life. I love the Word of God. When I was 8 years old, 9 years old, I used to love the Word of God. I wasn't perfect all the time. Yes, I had struggles. Yes, I had things I had to learn. Yes, I was a teenager. But I, when I heard preaching of the Word, I loved it. When I heard the Word of God, uh, or read the Word of God, I loved it. When we sang songs about Jesus, I responded with love to Him. I had love for people that I didn't even know, Africans that were, that were there. When they came in and they were Christians, guess what? I felt a kindred spirit with them. I felt like they loved God and I loved God and we were brothers and sisters. Amen? So first thing is you'll walk in the light. Second thing is you'll love 
the brothers and the sisters. Another one says that you'll have the witness of the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit in you will tell you, yes, you're a child of God. Are you still with me? How are you doing on this test? Are you walking in the light? Do you love Christians, other Christians? Do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit in you? And I'm not just talking to these ones. I'm talking to you. And I'm not trying to get you to do something today. I'm trying to get you to say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus all the rest of your life. The Bible says when I began my spiritual walk, I put my faith in Jesus. But I didn't stop. The Bible says the justified ones shall be living by faith. You continue living by faith. I put faith in Jesus today. I put faith in Jesus as I pray about this message. So you will walk in the light. You'll love other believers. You'll have the witness of the Holy Spirit. You'll have answered. Do you ever pray about things and get answers from God? That's one of the ways I know I'm a Christian. That's one of the ways I know that when I die, even though that's hard to think about, I sort of get the eye. I think everybody else is going to die, but I sort of think that maybe I won't, but I will. That's what the Bible says. One of these days, my spirit will leave my body if Jesus doesn't come back first. But I have answered prayer. Sometimes I pray about things nobody else knows about, and they happen. You know, we had an answered prayer this morning. We've been praying, Lord, help us with money to do the renovations that we need to do here. And guess what? The money was provided from a source that we totally didn't expect. Amen? We've prayed for healing. We've prayed for salvation. We've prayed for transformation. We've prayed for all kinds of things and seen God at work. Answered prayer is one of the things that helps me know I'm a Christian. I pass that test. Another one is I have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is the voices outside trying to get you to do what's wrong. The flesh is your body sometimes, the things that you want to look at, the things that you uh, get tempted to listen to. Jesus was tempted at all points as we are, yet he never sin. Sometimes we sin, but if we will confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That doesn't take me out of the family of God. It just means I'm a child of God and I can get right with him again. So do you walk in the light? Do you love the brothers and sisters? Do you have answered prayer? Do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit? Do you have victory over the world, the flesh and the devil? Let me just read to you from uh, third, uh, first John chapter three. And then um, we'll be ready. Where did I put my timer? What time is it? Oh, here it is. Sorry. Okay, you all can go ahead and come up and we'll sing this last song. First John chapter 3. Listen to this. This is very strong. See how very much, verse 1, our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world, they don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we're already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we'll be like when Christ appears. But we know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Listen, when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a different kind of a body. It showed where the nails went into his hands, but he had a body. What could it do that it didn't? It, it could appear and disappear. It could eat. 
And then one day he rose up to heaven. 40 days later went up to heaven. And he said I'm coming in the same way. And when I come back. The Bible says everybody whose body is in the ground. All Christians. Their body will be raised up and changed. Like Jesus' body was to have a body like his. If you're alive when Jesus comes back. When that big trumpet sound comes. Your body will go up into the air. And it'll be changed to have a body. Just like Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? And it says so shall we always be for the Lord. But listen to this. Everyone who sins. Who acts independently from God. Doesn't do what God wants them to do. Is purposely disobeying God. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning. Over and over and over they don't have any power to change. It's like that pig who says, yes, I have a cat nature, but he keeps getting back in the mud. Does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, verse 7, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God, what's his name? Jesus. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Because God's life is in them. The Holy Spirit is in them. The Spirit of Jesus is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are the children of God, who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. So today, you're either like Abel or you're like Cain. Your sins are forgiven or you refuse Jesus and they're not forgiven. As we sing this song, some of you big people can be here. You say, well, I, I, I believed about Jesus. I raised my hand when I was a kid or I said some words. But the truth is, I have no assurance in my heart that I'm a child of God. The truth is, I don't really love other Christians. The truth is, I don't have answered prayer. I don't have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. The real truth is that I have no idea right now if I was at heaven's gate, if God would let me in. My faith has been in me. My faith has been in my ideas. My faith isn't really in Jesus. I continually find myself disobeying him, and I have no power to help myself. I don't think I'm really a child of God. Then today is a good day. To tie, now is a good time to come forward and say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and life. Today, I want you to be my boss. I want you to be my master. I want you to be my leader. I want to be a Christ follower. I want to do that. If God's talking to your heart today, then I'm going to invite you to come up here and stand here uh, with me. And, uh, you know, Bob and Linda and Sonny and Ann, Sally, and uh, some of you all can stand here and you can come join them. And uh, uh, you can come stand uh, with them here. Jesse, you can be up here too. Uh, or really any of you can, it's fine with me. But if you want to give your life to Christ today, say, I'm not sure if I'm a child of God. I want to be sure that I'm a child of God. Not just so that I'll go to heaven. Not just so I won't go to hell. But I want to be friends with Jesus. I want to follow after him. There's some of you here who have been living just for me, 
me, me. Self, self, self. Doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. And you have no peace with God, no joy of God, no righteousness with God, no peace, no joy, no joy in the Holy Spirit. Your life is a sad life. Yes, you have truly given your life to Christ, but you're grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit, resisting the Holy Spirit, insulting the Holy Spirit. You need to say, I've wandered far away from God, but now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Now I'm coming home. I don't want to roam anymore. I want to walk with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for cleansing. I confess my sins. Now I want to walk with you in the power of your Holy Spirit. Next week as we talk about the Holy Spirit, next week as we talk about the body of Christ, you can't be part of the body of Christ till you give yourself to Jesus. So today, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to give your life to Jesus, I invite you, uh, you, you say, I haven't before or I'm not sure if I'm a child of God now. I would just like to, if you all will go ahead and stand up here, the ones I mentioned there, uh, just, if you just come up here. Uh, I want to give my life to Jesus. Now, I don't want to coerce anybody. We don't come and drag you. But on the other hand, uh, if you want somebody to come with you, just say, come stand with me. They're going to come stand up here and be glad to talk with you, men and women who know the Lord Jesus. Today may be your day to give your life to Jesus. You can just say, Jesus, please forgive my sins. I want you to be the boss of my life. I want you to lead me and I want to live to please you. Please help me. You said that you, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever would put their faith in him, trust in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life now. That's what I want today. Is there anybody that you just want to raise your hand and say, I want to do that today? I'm not sure if I'm a child of God. Uh, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just raise your hand. Jesus says, don't be ashamed of me. Be proud of me. Will you raise your hand and then just come up here? We'll have one of these people talk to you. Coming to the front doesn't save you. But if God tells you to come to the front, you won't get saved anywhere else. You have to do what he tells you. The first sign of obedience. Now, I'm not trying to make you come here, but then neither do I want to be careless. One day, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Abel will stand there forgiven because he put his faith in God. In obedience to him, Cain was of the evil one, of Satan. And he rejected God, rejected his way, and he died an enemy of God. Are you God's friend or are you God's enemy? Young people, I urge you, don't just say, well, I've been sitting at church. I'd be ashamed to come down there. One time somebody told me, well, I, I felt like I need to come down there, but I was afraid people look at me. And I say, you go to Walmart, they look at you. You ride down the road, they look at you. You go to school, they look at you. Why would you worry about that? Worry about what God thinks of you. Live to please him. So I invite you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day to receive it. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. If you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.